John Ekloff is a writer, educator, and community organizer from Lakewood, Washington. He's been a professional public speaker for nine years now. John has dedicated his life to changing the world, making a difference in his community, and improving himself in all areas of life. He's contributed his writing to both the Seattle Globalist and the International Examiner. He recently graduated with his master's degree in multicultural education from the University of Washington. In the future, John plans to run for political office. Find previous episodes, playlists, and more at NoBlueprintPodcast.com. Be sure to follow, like, share, rate, and subscribe on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Peace. There's chapters in my life when intu- my intuition is like really strong. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's just me being impulsive, but I feel it. And I feel like, damn, I got to do something at that moment, you know? Mm-hmm. And there was just this sense about it like that was like telling me like, Johnny, you, like, you need to go back to school, bro. What's up, everybody? I go by the name of Domo. And I go by the name of Yoshko. And each week, we sit down with cultural ambassadors to talk about how they defied societal norms to live their lives with, with no, no blueprint. blueprint. I'm, I'm John Eckloff. I'm from Lakewood. And uh, who I am has been, like, evolving and stuff. Like, you know what I mean? And, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I'm just trying to... Who I will become will be... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's like, you are, I'm already like in some existential shit now. Like, right. like remind me like, oh, uh, who am I? Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll be the GOAT one day though. Hey, that's all <laughs> that matters, go. right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. all that matters. Um, how do you define culture? Culture? Those are like the traditions that you, uh, that you, like the stuff that you do on a day to day, like the values and the, the beliefs that you hold on to, but I mean, I think that's the textbook response, but there's also like that energy that you that you bring. I think that's like a real large component of culture. It's like the signature energy that you're putting out, you know. For sure. And um, all of those things kind of like combined over time, I think, become culture. I like that. I like that because everybody. I think a lot of folks have started with like the traditional, Uh but then they break off into like their thought of it and so I, no one has said like the energy uh it's spoken about energy and the energy that you bring yeah yeah no doubt like when i was um working at south seattle college i was the culture center coordinator and uh, i mean it's essentially like the ecc you know mm. but scaled down to like probably a little bit larger than this room mm. and you know that's like mm. where all the students of color were at that's mm. where we was kicking it we had i mean we had black jesus on the wall mm. you know but what was so dope about it was that there was like a lot of diversity at South. Mm. And so like folks was coming from, you know, across the planet, mm. from down the street, right, right. like from different countries, from different right. cities and like every, but you know, there was a strong concentration of people of color and a lot of us, you know, we were in tune. And so we're all coming together vibing right. and that like feeling was really distinctive to me. And yeah. I was like, this is like, this is culture, mm. you know? Cause it's mm. like, we all had a, a, a passport you know, because not everybody was being the same, but there was this sense of like, like humanity that was there in the room. Because right. there's a lot of commonalities from different cultures. Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah. then, you know, like the respect, the, you know, the collectivism, you know, mm-hmm. like those things match. Right. Even though like the details are different. So like when everybody's in a room and they're feeling that way, it's like, like I would define that as, as like culture. Right. You know. Right. Or or a manif- or like, you know, the manifestation of it in the moment. Mm. Right. That seems like a small space for South Seattle. Yeah. To have Well, I mean for the I mean, I get it. I understand yeah, 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 why yeah. space is at a premium, but I'm just like, South Seattle's pretty diverse. How come it's such right. a small space? It should be the whole building. Yeah. It right. Yeah, building. yeah. It should. Yeah. But yeah. It's not, but like we made up for it though. You know? Because it's like the little space mm-hmm. for him. It went down in there. Man, at, Cent- at Central Washington, we had a room. Mm. I don't even know how to how to. I don't even know how to think about the equivalent of what the room is. Maybe the back area of the Samuel Kelly Ethnic Cultural Center. That back the space. Back yeah, yeah. Maybe our our room was like that size. Okay. But it was for everything, like diversity from ethnicity sexual orientation yeah. ability as far as being able-bodied and yeah. not able-bodied oh yeah and so everything was there yeah we did programs about 
all of that out of mm-hmm. that one little space and yeah. we were in charge of like speaking about these these really deep issues to the yeah. entire university yeah um and so it was talk about space like man you you, you got to make up for it sometimes. you got right right yeah yeah no it's I like mean, you make do with what you have right I yeah think we always have right yeah right we always have i mean that's that, that's part of it you know right where were you born i was born in abilene texas on the uh, the air force base the dais air force base Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was born in Texas and uh, probably lived there until I was like maybe like a little bit less than, than one. And then my family, we moved to Panama. My dad was in the military. Mm. So we lived in Panama for a couple of years. It was around the time when the United States invaded Panama. Mm. And um, that's like my earliest memories. I remember like being like in the living room and watching like Tweety Bird and then hearing like pops like pop. But, I, you know, I'm like, I don't know what that, I just remember, like, recognizing that, you know? And then, like, because, you know, my dad, he was in the Air Force, and he was, like, he was one of, he was he was wild, you know? So he was doing his thing. Mm-hmm. He was a combat controller. And so, you know, he, you know, like, he wasn't always there. But I remember one night, he came back home, and he had all the, like, the, the, the paint on his face. Mm-hmm. And he was, like, from all fatigued out and like I didn't know who he was Whoa. but then like you know he hugged my mom and I heard him talk and I was like oh that's my dad you know and so like we lived in Panama for a, uh, for a couple years and then we moved up to Washington and then my life pretty much started you okay. know like yeah. we, we moved to Lakewood and I've been you know I lived in Lakewood ever since wow nice wow, wow, wow. well not ever since but for a long time okay. You know okay, okay, okay. for a long time what brought your family to Washington and why Lakewood in particular? Um, well, my dad was, uh, he was stationed at McCord. Okay. McCord Air Force Base. And so, I mean, first we moved up there. Uh, but after a couple of years, you know, a lot of people, like, they don't want to live, they don't want to still live in the base housing. Right. So they right, try right. to get something off. And so, uh, yeah, we, you know, Lakewood just right down the street. Right. And so um, we moved uh to a couple spots in Lakewood, but then I, you know, moved into my like the house that I grew up in. Okay. And uh, yeah, pretty much lived there since I was like, you know, after high school, I went to UW, moved up to Seattle. Okay. Yeah. I was uh, my aunt was on Fort Lewis, mm-hmm. and so I used to get my haircut in Tillicum and spent a lot of time. Yeah. Um, on Fort Lewis for sure. Oh yeah. How how did growing up? in Lakewood and being on base shape your understanding of culture? I mean, it gave me the flavor, you know, it gave me the sauce. And, you know, Lakewood is pretty diverse. And I mean, it's not like Seattle. I don't, I don't, I don't think it'd be that diverse, but it's like, you know, it has a good representation. Mm. There's black folks, there's Latinos, there were uh, a lot of Islanders, there was uh, a lot of Asians. And, you know, of course, you know, there's white people everywhere. Right. But no, nah, there wasn't, you know, we were accustomed to diversity and then with uh, both of the military bases being there, mm. a lot of folks is coming from different regions of the right. country. So right. there was a like a big southern influence in Lakewood, which is really interesting. You know, Absolutely. southern U.S. Yeah, like okay. like Georgia, like right. a lot of folks from Georgia be coming to to Lakewood. Yeah. When I grew up in Lakewood, I didn't really understand what it meant to be Filipino. I had a sense of it, mm. but like I didn't really know it. So when I think about Lakewood and I think about culture, you know, I can't remove it from like black culture mm-hmm. because I mean, you know, I, I grew up with black folks. Right. My first introduction to thinking of culture really, you know, like my my formative years right. was like just being with black people. You know right. what I'm saying? I was understanding what it means to be Filipino. Right. And then, but but then I'm mixed though. And so mm-hmm. I'm white. And so all of these things are like influencing me and uh, help me feel like, you know, because I, I feel like I can navigate in a lot of different areas right and all of that came from like just being able to be sensitive to culture and know what that is and know what that is in the moment and how to you know just ride the wave right. with whomever most likely that's there that's real i thought it was in, an interesting fact like i think about the military and uh-huh. as you were talking about it folks from the south coming up to the pacific northwest for the military as african-american folks and and specifically have used the military for decades to get out of the jim crow south and so it is interesting thinking about the military in the northwest and that influence because my aunt grew up born and raised in in alexandria louisiana and Mm -hmm. that's how she got to washington state Um, my other aunt 
was stationed over in Bremerton okay. when my father yeah. was a junior in high school, and that was his first time coming to Washington State. And yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, really yeah. interesting that that military background and and those and those connections, and so that's deep though. Yeah. That's deep because it brings up a lot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It bring like a lot of people. I feel like end up living in Lakewood and Tacoma but they're from somewhere else. Right. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of transplants. Right. And that brings like a vibe because it's, I mean, it's, you know, it's not like Seattle. It's a little bit slower, but it's still, you know, it has a good feel mm. to it, you know. I mean, it has its own For sure. areas that it needs to work on, but you know what I mean? <laughs> For sure. That's like, For sure. That's like everywhere. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, isn't every military kind of area similar? Because you'll have people from the Pacific Northwest right. join the military and they go to the East Coast. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah, yeah. It's like this cultural exchange. Yeah, no doubt. Or they go yeah. to different countries. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. like you went to Panama. Right. That's right. cool. Yeah. That is pretty cool. Oh, that's weird that I don't know much about the U.S. invading Panama. This mm. is unrelated, but kind of. Yeah. Um, it's weird that they invaded Panama, but you there's a base. Yeah. And you're leaving there, you know, because I can't imagine the U.S. having a foreign military base. Like, let's say there's a, I, I, there's um like an Iraq military base, let's say in New York or something. Yeah, yeah, you, right. you know, you would, we would right. never accept that. Yeah, right. we would so never it's crazy that. that we have a military base and we're like, okay, now we're gonna attack you. Right, we're, we're gonna, gonna invade you. We're gonna invade you, but we have this military base, and so yeah. all our supplies. I don't know. Right. It's weird. That was beef. It's a crazy concept. Yeah. It's beef. It's yeah. because of the the canal that's right there. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of money passing yep. through that canal. Yes, and so the United States was like, no, I mean, we're gonna get our cut and we're gonna be here. But that's like when they invaded. They, they got rid of uh, Manuel Noriega. And Noriega was getting funded by the, the United States 10 years before. Right. Like he was getting love from them. But right. then after then, they jumped in and invaded. Like, nah, man, you're acting up now. The same, the same stuff to Saddam. Yeah, so like Saddam yeah. Hussein, yeah. Osama bin Laden. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. yeah. But they yeah. don't have those countries that they represent. They don't have military bases here. No, they which don't. Which is, you know, they don't. The United no, there's, no, there's right. no foreign. Right. The United States be out in the Philippines. They be out in yeah. Japan. You know hey, what I'm saying? Listen, Korea. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's listen. crazy. Not in yeah. Vietnam, though. <laughs> Not in Vietnam. Nope. They're going to make yeah, that one. Like, hey, they tried <laughs> They tried. Oh, I didn't wear it. Go. Sorry, tried. guys. Right. Sorry. Next time. Man. Oh, man. Damn, that's um, over here. That's how crazy. Anyway, um, can you talk about what it was like growing up biracial? Yeah. No, for sure. For sure. If I were to sum it up in a sentence, being mixed feels like always being a guest at someone else's house. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's like, I mean, I'm around Filipinos and, you know, it's love. It's, you know, I'm, I'm with them. But they're always that, you know, when I was a kid, it was like, eh, I mean, you're kind of white too, though, you know? And then being mm-hmm. around white people, they're like, I mean, bro, I mean, you got way too much flavor to be hanging out with us, you know? <laughs> and so there was always this, like, feeling of, like, uh, I, I don't have a home, mm-hmm. but I could, I could go to a lot of places mm-hmm. and I can interact with a lot of people. And I just thought about this today. And it was so wild because, and I wish I, sh- I answered it this way when you asked me what I did this morning. Mm-hmm. You know what I did this morning? I was, uh, I was late to work. I was hella late to work. Mm-hmm. And I had a meeting. And uh, I was supposed to get there at 7.15. I show up. It was like 7.40. And I was like, ooh. But in my defense, it's a, it's a meeting that, I mean, I'm, I'm there to observe. I'm not really like active. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting up in there just on my phone kind of, you know. Mm-hmm. But I still, you know, I'm, I'm hella late. And I'm thinking, because I... I my girlfriend would tell me that I have a tendency to be late. Mm. I just think I have a different concept of time. But, like, so I'm Jewel. thinking, you know what I mean? <laughs> Jewel. But, like, I'm, when I think about me, like, being late and taking my time, I associate with being Filipino, mm. being a person of color, mm. right? So I'm like, you know, I'm on my POC time. It's how it is, you know? Mm. This, is, this is God's time. God woke me up at this time. God gave me the energy to be moving and doing the thing, you know? So I'm taking my time. Okay. But, like... When I'm thinking about rolling up to this meeting, I don't, I wasn't concerned about what they were going to say about me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wasn't concerned mm-hmm. about them judging me. I didn't think that they were going to attribute all of this to, like, me being who I am. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, all, all, everybody that looked like him does that, you know? I'm mm-hmm. so ethnically ambiguous, they don't know where to put me. <laughs> and, like, I know that that is intertwined with white privilege. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so, like, being biracial, uh-huh. being mixed, like, I'm realizing is that the the feelings that make me feel you know it's like i got my humanity it's like also intertwined with that sense of like whiteness you Mm -hmm. know and trying to understand what that means Mm -hmm. like i'm like damn 
That's what it means to be mixed. Mm. <laughs> in a nutshell. <laughs> it's deep. It's hella deep. It's deep. Yeah. Gotta let that breathe for a second. I know. Tell me, what was it like for you in elementary school? Did you go to a public school? Did mm-hmm. you go to school on the military? No, no. I went to, uh, I went to Oak Brook Elementary School. Tell me about it. Elementary school was really fun. It was really fun because that's like when I first discovered that I like getting in front of people, you know? Because I would like, I mean, I, you knew. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it back then. I would act in the plays. I acted in plays in, in uh, my fourth grade as well as in the fifth grade. Wow. Yeah, that was dope. Just like having a lot of fun. I, I tried to be the class clown, mm-hmm. you know? And like the older I get, the more that that wasn't just like there was an urge because I was a kid, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, when I think about my like my childhood, especially during the time of my elementary school, mm-hmm. it was like two extremes because I grew up in a pretty uh, toxic environment. Like my family and my mom and my dad beefed a lot. They mm-hmm. argued a lot. And it was, you know, it was always hovering. It's just, you know, there was just some times that, you know, I, I don't, you know, I don't like to remember, but mm-hmm. it happened. And so what I told myself is when I get to school, I'm going to try to have fun mm-hmm. because I know mm-hmm. when I get home, it, who knows? Right. It might not be fun. It might be beef. And, you know, I got to deal with that. I'm a kid and I don't know how to process it yet because I'm so still figuring yeah. it out. You know what I'm saying? But I know that if I go to school and I get people to laugh at me and I'm like just acting out, still productive. You know, I did my thing. I was, I was, a, I was a good kid. But, right. you know, I was trying to get people to laugh. I was trying to be in front of people because I'm, right. I'm not tripping. And so it was these two... Um, Two extremes, mm. you know what I mean. But like, I mean, overall, I think it was it's pretty good. It's Were pretty you an only child? No, I'm the youngest of four. Wow! But I only grew up with uh, my my sister that's next to me in age. Okay. Yeah. How how far apart are y'all? Four years. Okay, that's that's quite a bit though, because that means yeah, you kind of missed having to go to middle school together mm-hmm. and missed having to go mm-hmm. to high school. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My yeah. brother, my brother is four years apart from me as well okay so that's how that's look that's how i calculated that yeah, yeah 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 um but so what was what was that like having an older sister that was right there with you um i mean me and my sister share some uh some scars that only me and her have but yeah i mean you know it's my older sister just take care of me she held me down ever since we were little you know and uh I don't know. I mean, you know, it's just like the the sibling bond that right. you have. Yeah, shout out to my sister. Right. right. You know, I'm right. like thinking about it. Like I should text her. You know. Right. Like, what did? And so here's a question: What did your family teach you about culture from a young age? My mom was like a lot of Filipino mothers at the time, mm. where, you know, it's like she wanted me to assimilate. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. She, like, we're in the United States. I mean, she, she didn't teach me Tagalog. She didn't teach me any, like, even her language. Interesting. Um, which is Kapampangan. Like, none of that. And so, I mean, but, like, she was so Filipino, though. Like, she mm. didn't, like, she didn't try to put a, you know, a white voice on. And she, did, you know, she was her. Yeah. And, like, my mom's really unique. But, I, you know, you could see that there's, like, an unconscious bias for America. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And... Uh, so it's not like she was doing all that. But I mean, we were around Filipinos. None of my family, really, but like, uh, but, we, but, but we saw them. You know what I'm saying? I was interacting with them. I had like people that I considered my family. Right. That wasn't really talked about. You know, my dad, he's a white dude. Like a lot of white people, they don't know nothing about no culture. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's true. And so they're, they're like, that's not, because when I think of culture, a lot of times I think of like a Samoan. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're like holding their, mm. a lot of Samoans are holding their culture right there. To you, when, yeah. when they come in the room, it's like it it breathes through them. Yeah, and white people don't, you know. Right. It's like it's it's the in the absence of that breath. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And so with that happening, I'm aware that I'm Filipino, but you know, mm. it was just an awareness. Right. And, so, and that that's interesting because I because I always think about as people of color, we mm. have to hold on yeah. to our culture yeah. because it ties us to a place where we felt like we were the shit. Yeah. Okay. Right. And yeah, we can yeah, always yeah. go back to that place where mm. we're the shit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. To where for white people, it was like, well, if we go back where we thought we were the shit, yeah. we got ran the fuck out of there. Right. And so when we came here, we were the shit. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. no, I don't need it. I don't care about going back deep and figuring out. Right. This is home. I am American. Right. 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 Um, and so that's 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 super interesting that you point that out. No, I think um, that, I think it's so deep. Yeah. I feel like 
in order for uh, Europeans to have become white, they had to like disconnect themselves from that. Right. Mm -hmm. Because like if they connect themselves to what they had to go through, like, I mean, historically speaking, white people have been taking L's for over, you know, tens, hundreds of thousands of years. They don't want to remember that. That's a lot of pain that white people do not want to face. And they like wrap themselves up so much in like privilege and luxury and materials to try to have them forget that stuff. Right. And whenever, like, that's why a lot of times uh, I feel like white people feel uncomfortable when other people are so culturally expressive. Mm Mm-hmm. Because mm. it, like, taps to that. Like, ooh, but you don't want to think about that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. But it's sad because, like, that would actually help liberate them. Right. Absolutely. You know, which Absolutely. would be able to... Because, you know, you got to face... Go face your demons, yeah. white people. Yeah. And deal with that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because yeah. you would be a lot better off if you did. Then you would no longer be white. Then you feel good when you're at the barbecue and you know how to dance. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, you would feel the sauce. <laughs> right. You would be in that sauce. I'm, I, I'm getting excited, but, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and that's what I, I think, like, the biggest travesty for so many African-Americans, specifically young African-Americans, mm. mm. is that because through slavery you were stripped of yeah. that connection to yeah. the homeland, yeah. it's like, ooh, there's this misconception that it's bad to be African yeah. when, no, no, no. If yeah. you were able to trace your ancestry back to a specific country, that would yeah. add so much more value to who you are and to your life. And yeah. I, I think about even myself growing up. I yeah. was uh, My father was in the military until I was born in Tokyo, Japan. And so I always held that with me yeah. as sort of this cultural exchange, but it wasn't like... No, I'm not Japanese. Both my parents are black, yeah, right? But yeah. as a, as kids, they're like, "Oh, so you're Japanese?" Right? No, clearly I'm not Japanese, but I was born there. Nah, yeah. that can't be. That can't be right. Yeah, <laughs> my yeah, little yeah. kid brain can't process that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like but, wait, what? You know, for me, it was that connection to a culture that mm. was bigger than right. the United States, and yeah. and helped me gain such a such a larger world view. What was your first day at UW like for you? Um, just uh, thinking about it from the lens of culture man <laughs> I remember it was a feeling like I was like having to play catch up because I got my wisdom teeth removed like a week before school or a couple of days before school started Uh-oh. so I missed oh, like yeah. a, I missed like a week I missed all the dog days yeah. I didn't see my fig I, you know like I, I just felt like oh my god dropped in. yeah and that being introduced to that culture under those circumstances was, was, you know, it's like it just added another layer to it. Mm. But it really felt, I really felt like I was like, oh my god, I'm out of my vibe because I had been in Lakewood my whole life, right. mm. and everyone knew me. And this is being my first time. I'm put in a in a whole social environment where I'm not like the dude mm. or feeling like I'm the. I'm sure that I wasn't the dude, yeah. but I felt like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But now I'm in Lake. Uh, now I'm in uh, at UW, and nobody knew me. You know, and it's just like, oh, all right. And that, I mean, that definitely took a moment to adjust. And so that feeling of like so many different people, so many, you know, like, oh, damn, this is what Seattle feels like. This is wild. You know, did you live on campus? I lived in the dorms. Okay. My freshman year. And that, and then I dropped out. But yeah, I lived on campus one year. Wow. Yeah. Was UW your first choice? It was my second. What was your first? Pacific Lutheran University in in, uh, oh, in Tacoma. Tacoma. Yeah, in Parkland. Yeah, no, because it was wild. Like, I had no intention of going to UW mm. because um, my my girlfriend at the time, my high school sweetheart, Amanda, she was going to go to PLU, you know? So mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, she was a year younger than me, but like, she, that's where she wanted to go. Yeah. So my senior year, I'm like, well, I'm not really tripping. So I'm going to, like, that's where I want to go. Yeah. You know, we broke up, but like, <laughs> hey, high school love. You man. know, you know how it be. Shout she's, out to her though. I got love for one. her. Yeah, you know, what I'm saying, shout out to her though. Yeah. But um, we're friends on uh, Instagram. But <laughs> and but like, so I'm thinking like I want to go to you, uh, PLU. I have uh, I don't really have an understanding of how to fill out college applications. You know, I'm not really paying attention to FAFSA and stuff. I don't know how to do that, but I'm put in a position where I have to. Right. My dad's gone because this is the 2005, so he's uh, deployed in Iraq. Wow. Um, my mom, like a lot of moms, you know, she at work. Right. So like, I'm like, I was one of the students that had to show up to the like the the parent information session to get the information for myself because like mm. Mm, I don't have like I'm looking at my classmates and they got their their parents, but yeah. nah, it's me or whatever. You know what right. I'm saying? And my dude. 
my brother Joe Yu, um, what, you know, he's just like, my homie. He like came over to my house and was like, "Bro, I'll help you fill out this application." Wow! Shout so out he, to him. Shout out to Joe, man. And like, so he, so we filled out the POU application and uh, like we're done. And I'm like, "All right, cool. Well, let's you know let's play Madden. Let's do something," uh, which I will always be him in. <laughs> I have to put that out. I hope he hears this. <laughs> um, but. In passing, he's like, Do, maybe you want to fill out this UW application too? And I'm like, <laughs> why, bro? Like, putting listen. all your eggs in one basket, yeah. is that a good wait a idea? Wait a minute. Shout out to him because that's a goddamn friend. Yo, that is yeah. a goddamn friend. Changed my life. Yeah. That Changed is a goddamn life. friend. He ended up, we ended up being um, roommates when we when we stayed up at UW. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, I mean, that, that's my dude, yeah. you know? Um, which is wild because there was like a segment of my life where I was like really exposed to Korean culture. Yeah. You know, uh, he was Korean. And just like a lot of like people, like boom, like I was around, I was around kimchi. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It was nothing new to me. It yeah. was bomb with with like adobo. Right, mix. I say right, like I've like I've done that before. It's a it's a <laughs> good shout mix. out shout Bro. out to kimchi and adobo. I was Chicken like, adobo, <laughs> some rice and some kimchi. It's it's a good it's kimchi. A, okay. Yeah, it's a All good right. combo. All it's right. a good combo. Right. Um, but like, yeah, no, he like was just like, bro, you should fill this out. And I was like, all right, well, bet. You know, fast forward during the springtime. I get all of this trouble from PLU saying that I didn't pay for this or I didn't turn this in or whatever. Oh, you know what I'm saying? PLU's about them. Money. Yeah, they're not playing. I was like, what? I have to do this and I have to turn this again in and then do that. And it was like a lot of beef because I got kicked out of my house and like it was like my parents just got the divorce. So it was like oh, wow. I was like a young kid wilding. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, but then PLU was done, so I was like, all right, whatever. Yeah. A little bit after that. Um, I got the you know the big envelope from UW, nice and I was like, oh, oh shit, all right, well I'm going to UW then, <laughs> you know, yeah. changed my life, changed wow. my life, nice. And where did you where did you find the community at UW? I guess it depends on which which area you're talking about, because it's like the first the first time, my first time, my yeah. freshman year, it was in, it was in my dorms, okay, just dorms. Like my dude Joe was there, and then. Uh, you know, uh, you, you know, you meet the meet the people, right. and so like you know, I had my crew there, and we was kicking it. It was wild because my next door neighbor on the other side, shout out to them, is Icel and Sierra. There's uh, two Filipino girls, <laughs> and they came from uh, Japan. They lived on the Air Force base in Japan. Wow! And my dude Kyle, Yakota or um, maybe I, I was think, born on Yakota. I think so. so I think so. And my dude Kyle stayed uh, at at Zama. Wow! You okay. know what I'm saying? Can't and he knew them. And yeah. so when Kyle would come to kick it with me, he would see, you know, I said Sierra. And it's so it's so wild. So like we had like wow. our that was like my first exposure to culture. And, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's my yeah. dude Kev, white dude from Woodenville. So I got a lot of white dude vibe. Right. And then my dude Tommy and John, they were both from Korea, but they were like living on the Air Force Base yeah. there. You know, like, you yeah. know, a military family. Yeah. And uh and then me from Lakewood and then um yeah, and then Priscilla. Who was also from Korea? Went to Hawaii. Hawaii, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it was like hella culture, hella culture, hella yeah. like yeah. That was like a lot of Asianness. Yeah. But understanding I'm Filipino, but not knowing what that meant at that point. Still, right. you know what right. I'm saying? I, right. I didn't know my history. Yeah. I didn't have a knowledge of myself at that point. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Okay. So then you dropped out. Dropped out. What happened? I was like, I was ready to make moves. I was asking everybody um, at school what they wanted to do what they wanted to be in their life and you know no one really had an answer mm. and so i was like well i know what i'm gonna do i'm about to go start this record label and me and my friends we're about to be famous in like six months we're gonna make moves yeah. you know and uh, uh so i was like ready to start the like i knew what i wanted to do i listened to enough college dropout to understand like well if you're going when the pitch comes across the plate you got to put all the force because it got to go over the fence you know what i'm saying kind of so fuck the game up so i'm like i'm not tripping i'm not thinking like what it means to have a business plan, yeah. what 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 uh, overhead looks like. Yeah. I'm not thinking about taxes. I'm not thinking about applying for a business license. I don't know all of these things. Right. I'm a young man with a dream. Right. And so I just drop out of school, and uh, me and my homies we start uh, we start Forever Records, and we was rapping and like and then I worked at the uh, at Classy Chassis. It was like um, uh, it was a car wash detail shop. And it was wild because a lot of people that didn't go to college from Lakewood, we like we all worked there together. Yeah. So like hella people from my high school was yeah. working there together, yeah. you know? Yeah. And um, yeah, man, I was doing that and for about three years, uh I end up I was like I was unemployed for a long time. Yeah. You know, like going through my millennial phase, right. you know what I'm saying? And like just just broke. Hella broke. Living mm. off my girlfriend. Ooh. You wanna yeah. talk about owning some stuff. I was living off my girl. Tripping. Yeah. Um 
and just like just in a bad place. Yeah. Just young guy depressed. And um yeah, like that was I mean that was like I'm young 20s. Right. We're we're you know, like we're kicking it like I moved in with my uh with my dude Parker and Jenny and his sister Alexis. Yeah. And Alexis had the had Kiani. So we was like four people deep in like the three person bedroom. Yeah. Shout out to Jenny. Jenny is um you know the the new Ed Sheeran video? Uh-huh, yeah. The 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 woman in, yeah. in that? That's Jenny. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so wild. Shout out to her. She, she's like, you know, she's like a dancer uh, with Macklemore. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's right, part of the right. Macklemore. It's just so wow. wild because she was with us. You know what I'm saying? That's like, that's, my, that's like my sister. The grind. You know? And it's just, it's so wild to imagine, like, damn, like 10 years later. Right. Like, yo, you're doing it? Like, it's. Focus. And a shout out to Jenny, man. How did you end up going back to school? Nah, it happened. On a fateful day in August of 2008, I was uh, visiting uh, Priscilla. She lived up there, you know what I'm saying? Cause, so like I met Priscilla when I was a, a freshman and then you know, like we got together like after I dropped out, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And um, so, you know, like I'm just up at UW, I'm visit my girlfriend, you know? But she had like the meeting, she met up with somebody, she had like, you know, lunch with somebody. So I'm just kind of chilling like okay well i got a couple hours to kill before she gets back and, you know i was like on my like oh i'm on my spiritual stuff i'm on mm. deepness i'm walking around and just being you know just feeling it and uh, so i was walking around you dub i decided to go into Odegaard, and you know i was like in my zone so i went to the the, the third floor and just started writing rhymes mm. right you know just my thoughts down and there's chapters in my life when into my intuition is like really strong and I don't know if it's just me being impulsive, but I feel it. And I feel like, damn, I got to do something at that moment, you know? Mm -hmm. And there was just this sense about it, like, that was, like, telling me, like, Johnny, you, like, you need to go back to school, bro. Mm -hmm. Because, like, what you're trying to do, like, there's more opportunities out here. It's, like, especially for music compared mm -hmm. to, like, being in Lakewood. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, like, it was just wild. And, you know, I listened to my intuition. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I'll rock with it. Like, if that's what you feel, well, let's do it. And so... I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what like I had to do to get back into school, but I just had that sense. And so, you know, like I talked to the registrars or whatever, and it was actually really easy. I didn't have to do any like exam or anything. I just had to pay like the 40 bucks and fill out the application fee. And I was in the game. Man, it was wild. When did you start? I started uh, the fall. Uh, excuse me. It was the fall of 2009. So that happened in that August. So it was August 2009 when I made the, de okay. the, the decision. Okay. So a year back later. School. No, no. Not even a year. That the was month. Like, like, I was about to say, the, the end month. of the month. End, oh, end of September. Oh, what? It was that quick. You know what I'm saying? Wow. What did you... Oh, I guess because you already had a year under your belt. Yep. So it wasn't like you were transferring or anything. Nah. Nah, I just like resumed after okay. about two and a half, about three years. Wow. Yeah. You started to understand mm. more about being Filipino-American. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your second... Uh, your, your, in, during your return to yes, school. Yes, sir. Okay. Um, yeah, I took a, a Tagalog class. Like you know the language mm. class, and um, I started taking some American ethnic studies classes. And when mm. I took a class with uh, with Third Third Andreessen, shout out to Third, shout out to my brother, shout you know, and then Connie So, and just being exposed to this this information, but then also like going to this Tagalog class. That was like one of the most meaningful moments of my life. Wow, you know, like when um, have 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 y'all ever uh, read the book uh, Five People You Meet in Heaven? No. Mm -mm. No, so it's like I mean I won't give it away, but they die at the end. Uh, spoiler, but uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> the uh, you know you basically interact with like different like stages of your life, mm -hmm. as in like you like the most beautiful times that you remember. Like that's like a part of your heaven. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And like Tagalog class is definitely mm -hmm. one of those. It was just, it was so wild because like you know usually a class that you dub is one quarter, right. but this Tagalog class spanned the entire school year. Wow, and like. The majority of the class, we were all young Filipino Americans, for the most mm. part. You know what I'm saying? With two mm. white dudes and uh, my brother CJ, mm. but uh, other than that, we're all Filipinos, right. and we all kind of have the same similar vibe of like, no, we like lived in Auburn, or you know, we lived here, but or we lived in Linwood, right. but we really don't know our you know our culture like that. We right. kind of do, you know, some people more than others, right. but like that like experience, it felt like you know like summer camp, right? You know, and I mean, shit, that's where I met Steph. That's why, mm. you know, like my, my life is there's there's like, you know, like before Steph, mm. 
the big mark and then after step. You know what I'm saying? Right, like right, my right. life was forever changed. Right. That, that's where I met her, you know, and like in that class. In that class. Wow. And she's hella Filipino. Yeah. She's just super she's so she's hella Filipino American. Yeah. Which okay. is a different vibe. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Um, but yeah, man, like going through that, like learning this language, like building these bonds with people. Right. Like it it was just one of the most transcendent times of my life. I was so happy. You know what I'm saying? I was happy. I was hella sad at that time. But, like, of, like you know, my personal life, because that parallel of, like, my home life being bad yeah. and my school life being good carried over into into college. You know what I'm saying? Right. But, yeah, at that moment, I, I, just, I found out who I was, learned about the history. 2011, I went back and went to study abroad in the Philippines, and that just wow. sealed the deal. Speak about it. Man, we went for, like, what, seven weeks. We went. Uh, I went with, with with third, and we went to the Philippines. Went to University of uh, the Philippines. It was. Um, we studied uh, American exceptionalism in the F Philippines. So we learned all about hmm. American colonialism, wow, and of course, man. you're going to learn about Spanish colonialism yeah. right. and just the impact that it has had on Filipinos. And then with third too. With third, you know what I'm saying. And before I forget, shout yeah. out to Connie So as well. Bro. Shout out to Connie Should So. But, you know what I'm saying. Yes. Shout out to Samita too. Shout mm, out to Samita. You know. Shout out. Um, yeah. Go ahead. And like, and. That's the second time I read the autobiography of Malcolm X. First time I read it in Lakewood when I like, you know, dropped out of school. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I was like, I, I, I was paying way more attention to his like Detroit Red Days. Cause that was like my Detroit Red Days, you know what right, I'm saying? Right, right, right. And like, but when I went back and like, you know, I'm in, I'm in, the, I'm in the Philippines and I'm learning all of this stuff, you know what I'm saying? Like this culmination of a few years of doing this and now I'm reading the, the Malcolm, mm -hmm. like my, my like, like I really felt like, oh damn. I got to do something because I'm like seeing all of this stuff. I'm seeing like, you know, like the poverty, the cultural imperialism with all of, you know, like the images of white Jesus, all of this white people stuff. It's such a brown country. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And just like that level of a uh, colonial mentality, the self-hatred is so present. And like, you know, I could feel my own and like me rejecting that and just being mad. And, you know, just all of those things is happening at that moment. I meet my family. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And that was a big deal because like up until that point, like being Filipino for me was always knowing that I'm around Filipinos, but they're my cousins, right. but that's not my blood. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't got the same Lolo. We don't got the same Lola. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And like, uh, but when I was in the Philippines, you know, it's like I'm in a space with like 50 people and this is all my people. This, this is my people. Like we share this. Like for real, for real. And yeah. like, I've never had that, you know, like that feeling before. Wow. And uh, it was just so wild. So all of these things were, you know, popping off. And I was like, damn, I'm, I'm here. And then I came back, and then I was like, yeah, I'm about to make something happen. Were you at all connected with uh, FASA? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was part of FASA. Like, from, from the jump, or when did you... No, when I went back. When okay. I came back. Because when I came back, it's like, because I had a couple years on me of yeah. just going to work and doing my thing, I felt, you know, I was a little older. Yeah. And so I knew that, like, well, I'm, when I'm here, I really got to get it. Yeah. And so I was, like, active. That's when I found out about the ECC. Yep. Performing mm -hmm. at Retro. Yep. Then I'm, like, joining FASA. I'm, like, you know, with all of the student clubs. And, like, yeah. that's when, like, I was, like, okay, I'm here. I, I caught my groove. Yeah. I caught it, you know. What did you do between graduating from undergrad and grad school? Mm, I worked at South Seattle. Okay. That was, that was like, uh, that was that chapter. Okay. Tell and me about that. Graduated in June 2012. You know, like a lot of people that graduated, uh, I procrastinated in looking for a job, and so now I graduate. And I'm like, yo, what am I? I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do something. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, oh my god. So I was just like looking for hella jobs, and I found uh, the position off Craigslist. Put out my stuff. I got a job interview uh, a month after for the, you know, for the positions. Part time culture center coordinator. Yeah. So I got, uh, I got hired. Which was wild, you know what I'm saying? I was like, I was very lucky to be able to get a job a month after college. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I know a lot of people was like, Shh. you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. it's, it's, yeah. it's like, Steph, it's it took Steph like over five months. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it was a rough time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I got that job and I was working at South and that like, uh, originally it was like part time and then we almost got fired and it's, it's like the wild story. I actually tell it like, I, I told it before for a speech, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like how I almost got fired, but that like threw me in the mix of like figuring out what it means to organize and like work this political game, you know what right. I'm saying? That was the first time I, I saw that. But yeah, man, that was like about four and a half years of my life, just yeah. being with, with students from White Center, yeah. kicking it. Like, it was so wild, man. That was like my first experience of like being uh, in a leadership role, mm -hmm. and not informally, 
what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Not like, you know, my nephews looked up to me. You right. know what I'm saying? But not like, not like I was a boss. Right. Uh, you know, and not no Rick Rock. You know, I'm not bragging. Yeah. It's like I had to sign off on, you know, paperwork. Had right. to approve people's timesheets. Like, yeah. like, make sure that you show up on time. You know what right. I'm saying? Right, 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 Even right. though I'm late. You know, like, but, uh, <laughs> you know, just like that shit. And like getting thrown in there. So I was like. Uh, I found, you know, like my leadership style in that my analysis for social justice really got heightened okay. at South. You know what I'm saying? Like we had a multicultural library and I had a budget to order more books. And mm. so what I did, I just ordered all of the books that I wanted to read ever. Right. And I filled that whole library with it. <laughs> yeah. And like during the summer times, you know, we're going like two months yeah. with nothing to do. Right. So I closed that door, dim the, you know, like. Close the blinds and I start cracking open them books, bro. Yeah. I'm reading all about, you know, history, Dr. Clark, Dr. Ben, yep. Dr. EJ. Like, uh, I read the ISIS papers. Okay. Mm. Um, you know what I'm uh, saying? Wow. R.I.P. Yeah. To Dr. Francis. Like, um, I read hella books. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And just like, yo, I'm trying to get it. And just, you know, and so like all of that stuff. And like, that's when I first started teaching. Give me your top books that you would recommend to others to other that people. really changed your perception of this world and, sure. and just yourself. The Autobiography of Malcolm X. Okay. America's in the Heart by Carlos Belosan. Conversations with God. Okay. You know. Uh, the Alchemist. Shout out to the Alchemist. I like the Alchemist. Lamb by Christopher Moore. Okay. That's a funny it's a funny book. It's like a this is a it's a silly novel about this dude Biff is like best friends with Jesus and he's like telling it from his perspective, but it's like humorous, you know? Okay. So like I mean that's just a fun book. Yeah. And then, you know, like we came, they came before Columbus by Dr. Ivan Van Sertema. I don't know, because it's like, like those is what I would recommend. But it's okay. really, like, I always feel hard pressed to come up with an idea because yeah. I read a lot of like pretty dry books, okay. pretty boring mm. books that okay. I'm like, uh, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't want to like recommend that because it, 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 <laughs> most likely it's going to be boring. You know What's what I'm saying? What's your go to genre? Uh, history and politics. And okay. I, I need to read more about the economy. But like definitely history don't we politics. All, don't we all have I need to read more about healthcare and the economy. Come on. Um, Come on. I do a lot of self help books. Mm. I'm slowing, oh yeah. I'm slowing down. I do a lot of biographies. Oh yeah. But I, I do need to I do need to do more about economics. Economics is um, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to because yeah it's like if you don't follow it to begin with it's yeah. you have to start from the basics to really understand yeah. right what yeah. they're talking about right yeah Which but is, it, yeah. okay. But I, I feel like, you know, it's if, if as community, mm-hmm. we are going to build this ecosystem yeah. of community where we're relying on one another, yep. the economics have to be right. You got to be Cause in there. Because that's, that's, that's what tears down systems. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and like, I've definitely come to that. I've come to that realization. Like, that's it's crystallized at this point. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, we got to make moves. And yeah. that means we're going to have to, like, put ourselves in positions to be able to make economic moves. Yep. You know what I mean? And make some sacrifices. Make some sacrifices if we're going to change it. You know, I know like a lot of folks, and I agree with a lot of the principles of like, you know, like communism and socialism. Mm-hmm. Like that's the ideal. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. But right now, that's not how you operate in power. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And like, right. yeah, no, I'm. let's go get this power. That's it. And then we can make decisions about how we want to operate. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Right. And like, it, it's, it's hard because then it's just like, oh, damn, I kind of, you know, I had to like, I've changed how I felt when, you know, I was an undergrad in AES and understand, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's rebel against the system and all of us are just going to wake up one day and going to get it. But nah, man, like now I've realized like, you know, one of the best ways we can help out the community is to be able to, you know, let's provide jobs for people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Let's, like, let's, let's help people get some money. That's it. Well, then, I know? mean, and as, a, as an undergrad, it's interesting and shout out to the undergrads that, that are hopefully inevitably listening to us because that's that's who we're making this for but i think as an undergrad for a lot of us we didn't have that perspective of being able to to go out into the real world Mm. and and not being underneath our parents Mm -hmm. right and and so yeah like we can tear down the system because our parents have been taking care of us for like the last however Mm -hmm. many years yeah absolutely it's not until you're like but wait a minute i'm i'm as as an American citizen, I'm yeah. accustomed to living X Y Z lifestyle. Yeah. I like clean water. Right. I like right, clean right. underwear. Come on. <laughs> like, Come on. Like, and, and that stuff costs money. Yeah. 
you know, it, and, I, and I like how you said, like, I think if, if we are living in a capitalist society, mm-hmm. it's not that we have to make our brain be fixed or capitalism, right. but unless you are willing to make ultimate sacrifices right. in order to make this stuff happen, right. like the system's not going to change overnight. Not if it's, um, come on, man. But it is, to, to me, it is about creating that ecosystem of yeah. people who get it. Yeah. And people who understand it and yeah. then changing within yourself yes, sir. to consciously look at and understand economics, look at, understand what you buy and yeah. really hold yourself accountable to what yeah. you buy, where you buy it, yeah. what you make. Yeah. Right. My, my father once, he said, you know how you can tell your significance in, in your life? Mm. He said, go to your house. I want you to look around your room. And I want you to look at the things that you built with your bare hands. Mm. He was like, and, and what you see there yeah. is what will last when you're gone and what will matter. Wow. And if you don't see anything that you've built with your bare hands or, or anything that you've created, mm-hmm. you better wake up. Yeah, that's, um, that's a gem. You know, and, and, and I hold on to it. Yeah, I hold on to it. And yeah, so, yeah, yeah. like it. And, and so to me, it is like. But couldn't you say the money you earned, like you made that, like you earned that and you use that money to buy whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in a yeah. sense. Yeah. And well, and that's why I said like even, even, you know, with this capitalism thing, it's, it's just like, I think we're moving toward a generation of people that is starting to understand that like, and as I say this out loud, I'm realizing I stole it from one of our other podcast guests, David yep. Pierre, Shout out. Uh, who said he said I, I think we're move. I think this generation of people uh-huh. is moving toward an understanding that we don't need all of these things. No, it's mm. a thing. It's already a thing. Yeah. Right. That's like, why people are spending now. Uh-huh. Millennials and under <laughs> are spending their money more on experience, traveling right. versus actual physical items yeah 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 no doubt no doubt. i just but it's interesting that you say that because i i just wonder i wonder how that changes when you start to have children yeah right and right. then you bring another life into this world and yeah. all of well, a sudden I, does that minimalist lifestyle um i think uh less people more, less and less people are having children right yeah that's right. true that's so, another component right. yeah yeah and it's so because it's that's interesting deep. when you start thinking about the life that you want to bring your children into mm-hmm. The sacrifices that you are willing to make, yeah. the things that you're willing to do, right, um, right. I don't have diapers for you, but look, let's go to Cuba. Yeah, yeah, no, right. yeah. See, I right, can't right, do that. Right. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, you know? so it's uh, it's very interesting. Yeah, no doubt. Very it's like, um, I mean, growing up, like you know, we like it was like middle class. You yeah. know what I'm saying like even both parents was at the house, so we was cool. But then after my parents got a divorce, that like began the the spiral down from my mom's you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and like it just like you know it's been some lean years yeah you know yeah. and uh it was really rough uh there was a couple times it was really rough it's just it like it like hit me like i know that nah man when i got some kids i'm i'm gonna do any and everything that i can yeah. make sure they got everything that they need i'm not spoiling them right i'll be damned but i'm gonna make sure you know you're gonna get your medicine you can get your food make sure you got everything all of the rest you right. know give you a lot of love too and that recession hit a lot of people tough, right? And as yeah. as folks yeah, of yeah. color, like yeah, we've been living through a recession for some time, but mm-hmm. still, like even even mm-hmm. those lean years of like, oh wait a minute, <laughs> yeah, yeah, had to refinance the house, right? And then and after I, that, that yeah. mortgage got mean, yeah, and right? Just like you know, it's right. just my mom right. now, you know. Um, but yeah, bro, like I know, just thinking about all of that stuff, it's just like I mean, because you know, I've been a public speaker for almost nine years, yeah, almost ten years, yeah. and. Like, you know, I, I could go, I go to a spot, give a speech, people are inspired, you know what I'm saying? Whatever happens after that, who knows? Yeah. They may feel it that one day, they may change their life. Mm. Everything has happened. Mm. But that's just giving you inspiration for a day. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to just give you fish. Right. But if I could help you learn how to fish, you know what right. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If like, yo, if you was able to get on your side hustle and you was able to just bring another multiple, uh, another stream of income in. For whatever that is, that's cool. That's sustainable. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like let's 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 try to make some money together. Right. Because it's difficult right now. You know what I'm saying? I know you got a lot of bills. Yeah. I know you got a lot of bills. And so it's like, but we can invest. Or I'm we could do this or do that. You know, like whatever it is, by any means. Right. By any means, let's get this. Right. You know? And like that's like my philosophy has definitely evolved 
to this point and it's like all right yeah you know because i mean you need um informal influence yeah and that could only come from connections and that community com- community the how you show up your humanity the yeah. bonds you make the friendships yeah. your integrity your dignity the important things in life yeah. absolutely you know what i'm saying but not all of those people some of the best people i've ever met in my life are not sitting at the table making decisions right you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. true mm-hmm. facts and like yeah. a lot of the people that do do do, do that a lot of times they're uh, spiritually bankrupt. They're sitting at this table, so it's just like, all right, well, been through it. man, how 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 much am I ready to try to make something happen? Yeah, you know, and I don't want to re- remove myself from just wanting to get informal influence. Let's get this concrete power too. Right. I'm trying to get it all because right. because we got a lot of people that are struggling. We got a lot of people that are suffering. And we can't just allow that to con- to persist. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. Sucks. So what's next for you? I'm about to graduate. Again. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. I'm going to graduate uh, in less or in, uh, June 10th is when, when I walk. And so at this point in my immediate next is I have to finish writing this uh, final project for my master's program. Speak on it. So my final project is going to be writing a like a recommendation for uh, how to modify a U.S. history curriculum. Mm-hmm. to make uh, it more multicultural and the um, aspect of history that I'm going to be uh, analyzing will be the civil rights movement just because I think it's like you know you can pull from a lot of sources yeah. and just like how you know like when you frame it from a multicultural perspective and like include history from what like the AIM movement was doing with the Native Americans yep. what Asian people was doing at the time with uh, what Latinos was doing at the time. You know, it gives a different perspective to, like, what we commonly think of when we talk about the civil rights movement. You know, because, like, when we're talking about race, often in the United States, it it falls along, you know, the the black and white dichotomy. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know what I'm saying? By sharing, like, the entire image, you know what I'm saying? Like, we could really, like, feel that nuance of what what it means to, like, live in the United States. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, I'm just, I'm, like, giving, like, recommendations. So, it's, I mean, it's dope. Like, I'm, like, I get a research about the Panthers. I get a research about, you know, like, the Young Lords, the Chicano movement. Like, I I, I, I would do this anyways. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Right. And I have to write about it. Like, what you're saying, like, we got to come up with something new. Yeah. If we're going to make a move, we got to do something new. And, like, I mean, really, if, if I were to put my hat on it, or if I were, like, you know, like, this is what I think. Yeah. The way that we're going to get liberation mm-hmm. is for a multicultural unity, a solidarity that, like, brings people together so strong. You know what I'm saying? That, like, mm-hmm. none of this could be shaken. Because mm-hmm. that's really the game. That's yep. always been the game. Mm-hmm. If the strategy is divide and conquer, which we have evidence to prove that it does, we could just talk with Quintel Pro. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. Like, game. we know that that's present. Yeah. So... The way that you counter that is with such like an undying devotion and love for people, right. like commitment, like we're going to get this. That's you know it. what I'm saying? That's when it. people of color come together, you know what I'm saying? Yep. White supremacy is done. Yep. Mm-hmm. White supremacy is done at that moment. Absolutely. And like, you know, you get enough yeah. white people with you too, you know? Right. And like, because they love whatever we do. They love oh, it. Yeah. And uh, because they feel it because they know that deep down that's where and, they're supposed to go too. And some of them have been oppressed as well. Come on. Right? Come yes. on. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Not all the Speak white people it. was always white. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Not a, yep. And, and yep. a lot of them on the low have been kind of brown this whole time. You <laughs> right. know what I'm saying? Because yeah. right. Italians be brown. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. Like there's, they, some, there's some, yeah, Southern Europeans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They're pretty yeah. swarthy. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And like, but you know, like, but from like a unity to be able to like, to have that, that's deep. Have you read... Ronald Takaki, A Different Man. Yes, sir. Have you seen Take This Hammer, James Baldwin? James Baldwin. Um, that's, a, that's a documentary of it? Yes. No, I haven't seen go that. On, so go on YouTube okay. and watch Take This Hammer. Okay. And to me, it was so intriguing because it was Oakland mm. during the Civil Rights Movement. Mm. And it got the sentiments of Black Oakland during the Civil Rights Movement. Yeah. And black folks in Oakland being like, nah, we not down with the shit Martin Luther King yeah, 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 yeah. You talking about turning the other cheek. I wish a motherfucker would come, come on, in my come house. On. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right now. They won't come out. Right, right. Right. And it was just the same time period. Yeah. Yeah. But it's 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 we don't get that narrative. They don't talk about it. Right, right. right. You don't want to talk about it. Right, 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 right. Which I which I make sure to include in the, you know, absolutely in my in my project. Cause absolutely. like absolutely. You know, typically when we think about civil rights, the civil rights movement, we, we think about the South. We isolate it to the yeah. South. Yeah. We isolate 
to the time period generally like 1954 right. up to 1965 voting rights act passes right. don't really talk about anything afterwards but just like yo we was rocking until like the 70s oh, yeah. you know what i'm saying Vietnam, and, right all, all of that and so and like the panthers played such a huge role Absolutely. you know what i'm saying and it's 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 really wild because my theory is like that's that's how they help um suppress malcolm x right you know what i'm saying because uh the panthers and like that turning that turning point of like you know 66 and on like like malcolm's philosophy mm -hmm. is popping you know what i'm mm -hmm. saying like people are like yo dr king we get kind of getting tired of what you're saying dog yeah, yeah, you know what i'm saying ain't, ain't, ain't nothing moving ain't doing nothing right yeah. and then so like you know so they're not going to talk about malcolm so they're not going to talk about uh who Malcolm influenced, you know, like the Panthers, nothing right. in detail, nothing right. like, mm -hmm. like uh, meaningful, right. you know. But yeah, man, all of that stuff—it's so deep. That's real. It's yeah. so deep. When the, I mean, and then and then Ronald Takaki with a different mirror. Yeah. That's the, listen. That's my number one book recommendation. Yeah, for absolutely. People, absolutely. Just in terms of being able to see that divide and conquer throughout like history mm -hmm. like happening and he just broke it down so smoothly and at times it was gut-wrenching yeah but then it was like wait so the jewish folks funded martin luther king's christian conference mm -hmm. wait what how did this? so that was i never Whoa. learned that in high school yeah, wait yeah, a minute they, they that's, and so yeah, yeah. there's just so much knowledge in detail mm -hmm. just about how all of this came together and yeah. it basically breaks down racism to this point where it was like, no, none of this shit makes sense. Yeah, right. And right. for us to to continue to get this repeated message of closed mindedness doesn't mm -hmm. make sense. Right. And for me not for me to have read that book yeah. at twenty five mm -hmm. as I went through the journey to find myself mm -hmm. rather than at thirteen. Right. When I needed that, right? Yeah, is 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 interesting. That's deep. And that's interesting. That's part of the reason why I wanted to write this because I feel like, like, the experience that I had when I went back to school with like American ethnic studies, right? Like high school students should feel that sooner. Yeah, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying. Absolutely. And like, what would that do for the next generation yeah. if y'all start getting the game this early? You What's, know. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. That was it. Yeah. Just you know, with the current climate. It's definitely relevant. It's right. prime. Right. right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. so ready for it now, you yeah, know? Absolutely. Whereas, I, I, you know, when I was a high school student, I didn't pay attention to elections, pre yeah, yeah. presidential elections, uh, whatever, yeah. local. Where did like, you go to high school? Cleveland. Shout out to Cleveland. <laughs> you know, like, we didn't we didn't pay attention. I mean, mm -hmm. I guess we did, but not to a point where we're like, how did that per person right. get elected yeah. or whatever? Right. But now, like, with this past November, I know mm. the students in the high schools, it was like just the air was so thick it's like someone yeah. passed away right. in the school you yeah. know heavy yeah it was Very just heavy. heavy he said yeah. a lot yeah. no right? i know and so everyone's like what how did he what so now what yeah, yeah. Man, i think people and so are they're so invested around. yeah right yeah. right oh yeah so yeah, yeah they're ready they're they're they need it yeah you know what i'm yeah. saying and i mean and, and and fingers fingers crossed that nothing will get passed through um the way that these first hundred days have been mm -hmm. but at the same time <laughs> like everything that he said he wanted to do he's he's for sure trying he's trying to <laughs> he's trying like, to it was like ah. yeah yeah, I still think that they're working a the case to to impeach him. You know I, I mean? think so too. I can see. It. I, well, I I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. No, this I, was, but this was this was super dope. Thank you for for giving us so much of your time. Yeah, no doubt. No um, doubt. Did you? Did we? We just we asked him the question of what's next. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna graduate. That. Yes. Yeah. I'm gonna graduate. And then what? Uh, I'm gonna write a book. Yeah. Oh, nice. I'm gonna write a book, and I'm gonna really focus on getting my. Uh, my website popping, yes. you know what I'm saying? Because I'll be writing blogs. I see you blogging. Yeah, man. I'm, 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 I'm in the game. So, like, because I'm, you know, I'm trying to monetize yes. what I could do in, like, the multiple streams of income. So, I'm trying to get paid for my blog. I'm going to speak and I'm going to write. Yes. And uh, i still been going back and forth on if I'm going to go get my PhD or if I'm going to go to law school. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Because part of me wants to go to law school just because it's like, well, I mean, if you're going to get involved in politics, a lot of people yeah. have law degrees. Yeah. And then it's only going to take three years as opposed to like maybe five to six, seven years for Fact a PhD. PhD. Facts. You know, so I'm like still trying to figure out what I, what I want to do. But I know that like, man, I'm like, you know, I got, man, I got to make a move. Mm -hmm. But for the meantime, I'm trying to get paid. Hey, man. I'm trying to get paid. Yeah. Because, uh. Me and Steph, we 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 we're about to get married. You know what I'm saying? Okay, congratulations. I'm ready to like start that portion of my of my life. Yeah. So that's like in the immediate 
But I mean, the next next, I'm gonna be president one day. Nice. You know? 2020. Je. Hopefully, but I mean that might be too soon. But it's really gonna, <laughs> I was a little um, overzealous when I posted that. Hey man, you gotta listen. Believe it. It won't be my first time saying something too ambitious. But uh, speaking into 2024. Existence. Hopefully, I mean, um, yeah, I'll be like 38 at that point. You know, but I mean, if not, then I think the following one, I'll be cool. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I mean, there's time. There's time. There's time. Plenty of time. That's yeah. what's up, man. Well, thank you. Thank you for having yeah, me. This was dope. This was cool. This was super dope. All right. Yay. All right. What's up, everybody? This is John Eckloff, and you're listening to No Blueprint. Uh, in order for us to change the world, it's going to require uh, a lot of us giving us our all, and all of us giving a lot. Uh, the revolution will come when you and me discover the value of we. 